Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder, rock and roll. And we had so much fun on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Razor at C Triple Whammy just a few weeks ago that the four leaf clover is already on sale. We are going out to uh, Nassau again, March 14th to 18th, 2022. And if you book now during the pre sale at ChrisJerichoCruise.com, you'll get an exclusive photo with me and for the first time ever, a commemorative flag. But you got to do that quickly because we go on sale to the uh, general on sale on uh, November 18th. So you just got a few more, maybe hours left to sign up for the uh, pre-sale. I'm working on the talent lineup and we're going to release almost the whole thing on March 18th. I promise it's going to be the best lineup yet. But I'll tell you what, the triple whammy was amazing. That might've been the best cruise out of the three so far. I'm going to tell you all about it on today's show. Uh, The triple whammy, we're going to go behind the scenes, share some stories from the cruise, give you a preview of what to expect uh, when the four leaf clover set sail in March. I'll tell you the story about how we got the Chris Jericho cruise started in the first place and how I go about booking all the talent and special guests on my cruise. I really do uh, do it all myself. I book everybody, come up with all the ideas. I got so many great stories from this cruise. You'll hear what Will Ospreay was doing on the ship with our guests, what Marco Stunt played during his live concert, and how I was able to get on stage with everyone from Michael Sweet to Rubik's Cube. AW's Frankie Gazarian played bass. Uh, for a lot of bands as well. I was calling them the bass whore of the cruise. Tell you about some of the crazy matches we had on the boat just for the cruise guests. Stuff you won't see on AEW Dynamite, uh, but you might see it in the upcoming future. We did film it for a special project. I'll let Tony Khan announce that when it's ready. But uh, so many great funny stories to share with you. Uh, Fozzie played three sets on the Jericho cruise. Each one was different. Uh, If you can't wait till March to see us uh, and you live in Europe, then come rock with us. Because our European tour starts later this month, November 29th in Liverpool. The Cavern Club is sold out. Manchester sold out. Newcastle on December 1st and at the Riverside is uh, still tickets available. Glasgow sold out. Dublin sold out. Belfast at Limelight 1 on the 5th. Still tickets available for that. Chester sold out. Birmingham at the Mill on December 7th. There's still tickets available for that. And for the old fire station in Bournemouth on December 8th. And after that, we play out the string and sold out gigs in Swansea, Nottingham, and England at the O2 Academy, Islington. And don't forget, we're doing our exclusive meet and greets before the show. One of the best of the business. We do a mini live concert for you. Uh, all tickets and information can be found at fozzyrock.com. And don't forget the Save the World Tour uh, next leg of the U.S., uh, uh, is coming in March and April. Go to FozzyRock.com for all that, including Irving Plaza in New York City, the Whiskey A Go Go in LA, and about 28 other gigs. 30 shows in all. Save the World Tour. We'll start giving up those cities as well. FozzyRock.com for all Fozzy info. All right, the Fozzy set list from the cruise are coming up. I'm going to give you a behind the scenes look at Chris Jericho's Rocket Wrestling Rager at sea, the triple whammy, right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. All right, so I wanted to talk to you about the uh, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Razor at Sea, Part 3 of the Triple Whammy. Kind of all the trials and tribulations we went through to get it up and running. And it's so crazy because it's been such a um, long time in between the Jericho Cruise number 2, which was, of course, the second wave, and then the Triple Whammy. And it took such a long time to get the triple whammy up and running. At certain points, we were debating canceling it, and it obviously got moved and postponed a couple times and all that sort of thing. So let's go back to January 24th, 2020. 
We just finished the Jericho cruise. Um, like I said, the second wave, very, very successful. Um, legit sold it out, came close to selling it out. Actually, the first Jericho cruise, the rock and wrestling major at sea did not sell out. Um, and what we did because it wasn't selling as well as we wanted it to is we gave everybody cabin upgrades and kind of all these certain things that you never really know what you're doing when you first start putting together a business. And we learned very quickly when all kind of the receipts came in from Jericho Cruise One. Now, it was a huge success as far as uh, from a critic standpoint, from a fan standpoint, everybody just had a blast and had a great time. It was the first time we had ever really seen something like this. And if you want to go back even further, what's the origin of the Jericho cruise? Well, that was uh, Fozzie played the kiss cruise back in 2015. And the moment we came on shore, I called, called Mark Willis, who is my partner on the cruise. He's Fozzie's manager, the only manager we've ever had. And I said, I have an idea of what I want to do uh, next. I have an idea for this cruise and we can do, you know, bands, but we want to, I want to do matches in the middle of the sea, kind of a rock and wrestling razor thing. So it took us three years to convince Sixth Man, who is kind of the promoter of the cruise. Norwegian Cruise Line is kind of the, it's their ships, and Sixth Man is kind of the promoter. And Sixth Man is based out of Atlanta, which is where Mark is based out of. So we actually knew the right people to talk to. And with many years of conversations and thoughts and ideas and how do we do this and how do we do that, we finally got the Jericho Cruise up and running. Kind of just recapping everything. And then, so who was I going to use for wrestling? Well, I didn't want to have to book independent guys and, and do it all myself. So I thought it would be smart to work with a company. We took it to NXT. Uh, they listened to my proposal, it took them about a month to get back to me and gave me a 45-minute call just to basically say we passed. I was like, you could have said that in 45 seconds, never mind 45 minutes. But anyways, we ended up going with Ring of Honor, and the original Jericho Cruise was born. A uh, huge success from a critic standpoint, a uh, huge failure from a financial standpoint. I lost a lot of money, six figures. But, you know, you're building a business, right? And anytime you build something, you got to be prepared to... Uh, spend money to make money and that's exactly what we did and we lost a lot of money aka i lost a lot of money and, and, and mark didn't make anything because you know he's my partner and we put hours and hours and hours and hours of work into it and you know i did something that i never said i was going to do which was become a promoter um which is essentially what i am putting together the jericho cruise because i'm in charge of booking all the talent and then paying the talent, especially on that first cruise, I had to pay all the talent as well. So it's not easy because, you know, everybody wants to get a great payoff. And I also want everyone to get a great payoff as well. But I'm also going within the confines of what my budget is. So things I never really thought about when I was putting together the cruise was budgets and deadlines and all that sort of thing. So basically what I did was uh, for the second cruise, we reconfigured the deal kind of took it more along the lines of like, you know, what's very successful cruises that six man has like the kiss cruise and the kid rock cruise. And I said, we need to put it together more like how they have it done. Six man agreed. And so for part two, we came close to selling it out. Um, but the financial deal was reconfigured to where 
I recouped my loss and then made some money on top of that. So it was very successful. And you could tell that because obviously we did dynamite from the cruise and that really uh, exposed people to exactly what it is that we're doing. Just the look of it is different from anything else. And we had done a pay-per-view for the first Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, but this was completely different because obviously you're doing it on network television. And I remember at the time, Tony Khan was like, I, 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 I will never do another tape show again because we were taping the show because of the way it was on the cruise. Little did we know that right around the corner there'd be a pandemic where we've done oodles and oodles and oodles of tape shows now. But at the time, that was uh, AEW's first taped show. And they actually had to take those tapes and put it on a plane. I think Tony actually had to fly the tapes back to Atlanta or Jacksonville just to make sure they wouldn't get lost of this, this show that we did. And obviously, like I said, that was a big success and um, really got the word around visually. Uh, word of mouth was through the roof of people just talking about how excited they were uh, about the cruise, how much fun it was. Because the one thing I learned from the Kiss Cruise is there was so many activities to do. And I wanted to take that and, and go even further with it between the bands Obviously, the wrestling have a lot of legendary wrestlers to do kind of signings and 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 that sort of thing. Comedians, of course, paranormal uh, shows. Basically, wanted to put what talk is Jericho is and put it on the ship of just anything that I'm interested in, anything that I like. Let me put it on this ship and see how it goes. So, real success, like I said. And when we put the the tickets on sale. For cruise number three, which we were calling the Triple Whammy, and I took that from the David Lee Roth song "It's Showtime," uh, where he's just singing about experiences in Hollywood, etc. And one of the lines is "Oscar Grammy Triple Whammy Cut." That's a take. So that's where I got that from. Triple Whammy. I love that. Um, so we put the tickets on sale for that fairly soon. I think we announced the, the Triple Whammy. On the, the, the second wave cruise, like I said, the second wave was January 20th to January 24th, 2020. And then the second one, sorry, the third one was going to go on sale, the triple whammy for February 1st to the 5th, 2021. That was kind of the date that we had. We put the ticket, tickets on sale. The, the cabin sold out very quickly. I think within a month or so, we were completely sold out. Like, this is great. We finally have created this amazing franchise of these cruises that we can do over and over and over again because you want the cruise to get over. Not exactly who's on it. Uh, just like the Super Bowl. You know, when, when someone advertises the Super Bowl, you'll go pay money to see it or make plans to check it out. You don't even really know who's in the Super Bowl per se, but you just want to be a part of it. And that's what I wanted for the Rocket Wrestling Rager seat. So uh, we did that. We didn't announce anybody that was even on board. Just put it on sale. And for the amount of FOMO and people wanted to be involved, it sold out uh, very, very quickly. And and what I always wanted to do, too, is when I first put together the idea of the cruise, I said, because uh, we were originally looking for different bands. I remember we, we approached, I think it was Papa Roach, maybe, or maybe Alter Bridge or something. And they, and they wanted an astronomical amount of money to go on the cruise. And I, I just honestly couldn't afford it. Like I said, I have a certain amount of budget. And out of that budget, I have to kind of delegate it to as many talents as possible so I, I realized that with the monsters of rock and all these types of cruises that bands make an incredible amount of money to play and i couldn't afford that and you're talking a hundred thousand dollars maybe you know that sort of a thing and just way out of my price range so i said i'm just going to base it around me 
You know, I'll base it around Chris Jericho because I know I'll never hold myself up for more money. I'll always be available. I'm not going to be an asshole to myself. And, you know, we were thinking we need a band to headline over Fozzie. We need a band. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to pull an Iron Maiden, which is what Rod Smallwood, the manager of Iron Maiden, did back in 1983 when they had the uh, British Metal Onslaught. And people were saying, you know, you can't play arenas by yourself. And Rod said, well, we got to try. That's how you build. We're, we're, we're going to bet on our name, and, and that was Iron Maiden's first arena tour, that they basically booked themselves because nobody would take them. And it was a huge success. And that's what I said for the Jericho Cruise. I'll base it around myself, and I'll base it around Fozzie. And that way, it doesn't matter what happens. I always know that, that it'll work out, and it'll be good. And the idea was always to kind of spread it around, you know, Ring of Honor one year, maybe AEW the other one, the other year, and maybe go to something else. But none of us realized how big AEW was going to be and, and, and obviously wanted to keep it within the AEW realm because I'm part of the AEW family in the AEW where I work right now. So anyways, all those things kind of added up. And that's kind of where we went to for the third cruise, which is going to be February 1st, the 5th, 2021. Everything was great, sold it out. And then lo and behold... Look out below. Here comes the pandemic. It's so funny because I remember right before that, except the German heavy metal band had put out a song called Pandemic. It was like, Pandemic! And I was like, what exactly does that even mean? And we found out very quickly what Pandemic meant. So, um, Basically, and that was when all the cruises were stuck in the in the water, and it was just kind of a, a bad time for cruises, a bad time for everybody, right? So thankfully, my cruise was about a month and a half. We had just started hearing about corona when we got back uh, to the mainland. I remember kind of the beginning of February and, of course, middle of March. Here it is, and, and you know, look out below, like I said. So the idea was the, the cruise was still on February 1st to the 5th, and then we realized... I think probably in the summertime, June or July, okay, we have to reschedule this because no one knows what's going on. Cruises are suspended and, you know, everything was kind of on pause, shall we say. I mean, we had to, you know, wrestle in front of no people and, and the, all rock shows were canceled. And, you know, we all know what happened and we don't need to go through that. So what you, we do is when we postponed it to October 21st, to October 25th, 2021, which was a good, you know, nine months later, whatever it was, you then have to take all of the cabins that you sold. And in my case, it was all of them, about a thousand cabins. And yet you have to release them and put them all back into the pot, shall we say. We did that and we sold it out again the second time. It was very, a very quick sell. Like people were like, okay, we're, we're in. We'll, we'll go again in February when things kind of get a little better. And we had already been talking about Cruise 4 because I can remember reaching out to people for Cruise number 4 after I already had the lineup for Cruise number 3. And I'll explain to you uh, how we put together lineups and how hard it is to do that and get everything rolling. But So when that happened, we postponed October 21st, then I was like, well, let's kind of put Cruise 4 on hold for a bit until we really know more about what's going to happen with Cruise 3. Because once, so once again, even though we had moved it to February of 2020, or sorry, to October uh, of 2021, 
we didn't really know what the rules and regulations were going to be. So, you know, February comes and goes, and now we're all looking towards the October uh, cruise. And it seems such a long time. It's so crazy because when you think about it, we started October of 18, then we're going to go, and then we did January of 2020, then we're going to go February of 2021, and we wanted to keep it in the spring uh, lineup. It's just better for us to be in that lineup and be in that area. Then when we had to postpone it to the fall, it seemed like forever. And and we we 19 months later, we finally hit cruise number three. And that's why also we're going out again so quickly for cruise number four is was we need to get back onto the spring schedule, which is just a better time frame for the Rock and Wrestling Rangers. So if you're wondering why uh, the Four Leaf Clover is happening uh, only five months after the Triple Whammy, that's the reason why. And the Four Leaf Clover will be the only cruise Jericho cruise in 2022 it's not like we're going out again uh, in the fall so if you want to come in March that will be the only one until the following March or March you know March February whatever we decide to do for 2023 so uh, when we decided to push it back we sold it out again and then uh, the vaccine mandate came out. And this was a big brouhaha too, where there was a lot of stuff going on with the government of Florida, um, with the CDC, with with the WHO. They wouldn't let cruises go out because obviously all the, like we said, all the things that happened with the cruises uh, way back in 2020. Um, and they decided with the amount of money that cruises were losing, I heard, listen to this, that Norwegian cruise lines were losing $100 million a month think about that a month and they had taken out a loan i think in the spring of 2020 uh, of a billion dollars to keep the whole company afloat no pun intended so think about that a billion dollar loan or whatever and they're losing a hundred million dollars a month so that money was just snapped up so they needed to do whatever they could do to get these ships back out on the water and that's what they agreed upon that you have to be vaccinated now and for a while it was like well maybe just 95 percent vaccinated or whatever it may be and then it was like full on everyone has to be vaccinated no kids all these different rules and so then we had to tell my guests that and then i lost about 22 to 23 percent of the guests uh who didn't want to get vaccinated or decided that they would wait. And once again, for me, I didn't care either way. Like, you know, a negative test seems to me uh, just as relevant as, as, as a, as a vaccination, but that was the rule. And so then we kind of lost, like I said, that 22% of the fan of the fan base of the guests and then tried to refill it and kind of go from there. But it was kind of really was the wild West for cruises all over again. Cause no one really knew what they wanted to do or what they could do to get this back out on the water. So that's kind of the, the, the initial story of how this all came to be. And coming up next, we'll go into the lineup and how that kind of switched and moved around over the course of the 19 months between the second wave and the triple whammy. All right, all you cat lovers out there, I've got some big, big news for you. Our friends at Arm & Hammer Cat Litter have an amazing new contest, the Unsung Heroes Giveaway. It honors staff and volunteers at animal shelters, all those unsung heroes who go above and beyond to help perfectly imperfect shelter cats by meeting their physical, medical, and emotional needs. I'm giving a big round of applause to, uh, of my own to them right now. Here I go. 
We adopted a shelter cat in my family, so I know how great the staff and volunteers really are. Arm & Hammer's Unsung Heroes giveaway has huge prizes like $30,000 for shelters, a year of free kitty litter, awards for compassion and creativity, and a chance to be named Advocat of the Year. See what they did there? Advocat of the Year. But hurry, because the contest ends November 20th, so enter now at FelineGenerousHeroes.com. That's FelineGenerousHeroes.com. F-E-L-I-N-E GenerousHeroes.com. All right, so I put together uh, the initial kind of lineup. And like we said, we, we, we never really know what we're going to get with AEW uh, until we're closer to the, the cruise. But the crazy thing about this one was is that I guess in about probably August or July, TNT told us that we would be preempting Dynamite that week and moving it to a Saturday. Which originally we'd think, oh, that's great. We could just do Dynamite live from the sea because that was our plan originally. Because the first one we did taped, and then we were thinking, okay, for the next one, we'll start looking how we can do it live. We'll be in in port in, in the Grand Bahamas where we went this time. And it turns out that AEW decided to go in a different direction, and, and doing it live just wasn't uh, as feasible as we thought. So when the cruise got moved to the sat or when when the Dynamite got moved to Saturday. That meant that it would kind of uh, conflict with the cruise. So then we had to kind of figure out, well, how are we going to do this? You know what I mean? So who are we going to get to go on? And I thought, well, listen, it doesn't really matter who we get because the most important thing is just the interaction with the fans. And we'll talk about that later on. I think I think this cruise, I think the triple whammy, first of all, overall was my favorite of the three. I think it was the best for interacting with the with the fans, with the guests that that came on board, and we really have it down to a science as as to what I'm looking for with a lineup and what we want to provide as far as just this amazing, awesome vacation. So, anyways, I put together a, a lineup way back, like I said, in, in January of 2020, February of 2020. Now, like 19 months later. It's a lot of time. Things, a lot of things can happen. I mean, there's still one comment. We we did a really amazing poster that that we put out, an artwork done by Josh Bernstein, kind of based around Aquaman and um, all the different characters that are around. I think the Aquaman was was the sharks and sea creatures, but this was me, kind of as Poseidon, with all of uh, the guests, uh, the talent that were on the cruise. And someone said, I'm not going to buy this artwork with a lot of people that aren't on it. Cause a lot of people couldn't make it in the, in, in the bottom, you know, when we were, when we finally, f- you know, finished the lineup up and that's fine. You know, cards subject to change. It's one of the most classic things about wrestling is, you know, you go with the flow. And, and like you said, it, 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 as long as I'm there, I build the cruise accordingly. So I know at one point, Candace Michelle was going to be, uh, the, uh, guest cruise director i like to have some fun with it i always have a guest of honor uh and then the 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 host of the cruise which this year was brad williams and then i'll have um the guest cruise director which will be one one of the the women on board and of course red cup jeff is the guest bartender and my dad teddy irvin is the what do we call him the uh goodwill ambassador so i try and have you know different kind of fun titles for people so candace was originally going to be um 
the guest cruise director then she had to, had to drop out so we replaced her with medusa who was on the cruise anyways and she did a great job it was awesome to have her on with us and then we had uh, at one point we had ted dibiase and uh jim duggan and i think uh, at one point dibiase and hacksaw jim duggan were doing some kind of comedy routine together they want to do some stand-up comedy and then and then dibiase dropped out i think it's probably because he got a gig uh with nxt with cameron grimes and probably just a little bit of a conflict of interest because you can't have i can't have WWE related guys on the cruise not by my uh decision but by WWE's decision that's why year one ray mysterio was only on for two days and they, and they I tried to pull him off the cruise, and I was able to work out a deal with Vince to have him for a couple of days. Same with Flair. They tried to pull him off the cruise, and then I was able to cut a deal uh, to keep him on for a couple of days because I have everybody under contract. But what does that really mean? I'm not going to fight contracts with WWE, though. Task me and take me to court or whatever the hell they're going to do. So um, I think when Ted got signed, I'm assuming he got signed to do some stuff with with um, NXT, he pulled out, and then Hacksaw, regretfully, his wife was scheduled as some surgery, and then he ended up having an emergency surgery as well, so we didn't get uh, get Jim on there. Bully Ray had to pull out for some personal reasons, so when we get those type of things happening, Kick Axe pulled out because they couldn't get across the border, Bruce Jingles pulled out for personal reasons, so um, whenever that happened... At this point, my sales are pretty much done. We went we went out on the water with I think about seventy six or seventy seven percent full, and I could just say, well, this person pulls off. Well, what's the difference? Well, I always wanted to give people more because once again, as the promoter, now I always want to keep the fans, the guests happy. So when one band pulls out or one wrestler pulls out, I try and find somebody of equal or greater value. So that's why you saw Will Ospreay get added uh, fairly late uh, into the cruise, into the process, because, you know, we, we had lost a few people. I said, well, I, you know, I, I got the idea for Osprey because Minoru Suzuki was doing some work in AW. And I said, well, how long is he in the States for? And I looked it up to see. And he had a couple shows uh, in the States that he was doing that were during the cruise weekend. But Osprey was also in the States and he wasn't working that weekend. So I called Will and asked him if he wanted to go. And he said, what do you want me to do? And I said, just be there because Will's a fun guy. He ended up doing, you know, he was leading conga lines in the casino and he was having pool parties and he was kind of one of the stars of the show and once again interacting with the fans which is great that's what that's what people want is this interaction so i added will i added jazz who's we did a great podcast with jazz which i'll talk about in a little bit uh, she was a great addition to the cruise as well and then another one that i put on there later on was danhausen and nobody expected Danhausen to be there. He was only announced about a week or two beforehand. And there were so many Danhausen shirts. People just were going nuts for him being being on board and being on the cruise. So it was cool to have him. And like I said, I just wanted people to know that I was constantly trying to revamp and add. I put Quarantine on, which is is my uh, Kiss 80s cover band. And I gave Marco Stunt his own concert and, you know, all that sort of thing. And just wanting people to, to, to see that, okay, Chris is still really trying to, to give us the absolute most that he possibly can. So um, we did that And then of course Like I mentioned Dynamite was on the Saturday So Tony was awesome Tony Khan was awesome To you know You could definitely use Orange Cassidy and Britt Baker And we'll work around them 
because you know if we if you notice our show and some people bag on us from it on dynamite sometimes we have 40 50 60 talents on there so if you want to you know if if if, if he's going to let some people work on my cruise. We kind of have to figure out what's going to be going on that week. And then what can we do as far as maybe doing pre-taped interviews, et cetera. I know Britt had some pre-taped interviews on there. Uh, I had done rampage, which aired when we were on the boat. So we tried to just put together the best lineup we could. And the first thing I saw as soon as orange was ready, because I always try to do something kind of special for my match on the cruise. Uh, I only wrestle once because I have so many things to do and I'll read them all to you upcoming. But first year of course was, was the bucks of Jericho. That was the young bucks and Chris Jericho. Jericho versus Cody, uh, Marty Skrull, and Kenny Omega. Year two was uh, was myself, the inner circle, myself and Santana Ortiz versus Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. That was, I believe, the main event for, um, for the show uh, that week on Dynamite. And then, of course, this year we did uh, Orange Jericho, which is, I thought, what a perfect combination of Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Something that you won't see anywhere else but on the boat. And originally it was going to be against Spears and Wardlow. Uh, And then I was like, or it could be against Hobbs and Ricky Starks, kind of a Team Taz type thing. So Tony said, let's do it with Hobbs and Starks because I can pretty much guarantee they'll be on the boat other guys i'm still working around storylines and that sort of thing too so um and you know to, to being on the cruise and having having me on board and having a match it's always kind of cool for me and that's why i want to do something different and that's also if you guys remember last year on the, the second wave is when we first had the first uh, singing of judas and it's still one of the coolest moments of my life where I we came to the ring for our match. And this was actually on Dynamite. And people were singing Judas super loud. And I'll never forget that feeling of walking down the aisleway of a big ramp that we put. We have a big stage set now, which we didn't have the first year. Walking down the rampway on the cruise that I created that bears my name for the wrestling company that I helped get on the map and helped create. Uh, especially at the time, I think I think I was the champion too as well. That's right, I was the world champion. And number three to the ring song that I sang and, and helped create as well. So it was like this, no pun intended, triple whammy of uh, the wrestling company, the cruise ship, and the song all directly related to me. And having everybody sing that is one of the, the biggest moments of my career and the fact it's become kind of part of the show now and it's iconic. I, I was not in St. Louis uh, this past week and there's people who were angry at me because they wanted to sing Judas, you know? So, um, so then we just started putting together this awesome, awesome roster for AW. And, and like I said, who can I use? Well, obviously this is the one year that, that Kenny and, and the young bucks, uh, hangman page, those guys have been in the first two and they weren't on this one. And some people are like, why, where's Kenny and where's the bucks? Like my thing is we don't want the same guys every year. And in year one, also for ring of honor, Kenny and the bucks and those guys were not as big stars as they are now. You know, just like last year, Britt Baker, she became a star on the Jericho cruise. MJF, no one really knew much about him. Sammy Guevara, same thing. So every year as it progresses, I'm sure next year, Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks will be main eventing. And Orange Cassidy will be in more of the main events. So we take the people that we that we uh, we can use and we help them, you know, become even bigger. And obviously, Orange and Britt were huge on this cruise. But so many people just stood up. Peter Avalon. 
was awesome. You know, we had the wingman on and we'll talk a little bit more about them. Chaos project always does a good job. Uh, Anna J Chris Statlander, you know, um, it's just Wheeler, Utah, Chuck Taylor. I mean, you get these guys, Isaiah Cassidy, you get these guys that don't have a lot of house show experience. And that's basically what the cruise is. It's like a four day house show loop, which in WWE is something that we would just do every single week. No big deal. But you got to keep in mind in AW, we're just working every Wednesday. That's it. So to do shows that are non-televised, um, even though we did tape them, and I'll talk about that in a second, it just gives everybody a chance to have some fun. I mean, we had, I think, Sunny Kiss and uh, maybe Isaiah, I can't remember, did a, did a dance contest, which was great during the match. Um, I think Frankie challenged Cesar Bononi to a drinking contest, and Cesar drank a whole bottle of vodka and then couldn't get up off, off the mat, which was hilarious. Just stuff that you won't see anywhere else. And that's what people, I think, really enjoy about the Jericho Cruises. It's a little bit more laid back, and you're just having fun. It's all about having fun. So the crew that we had was a great collection of guys and girls who really embraced that and understood what it was that we were doing. And that to me was the reason why another one of the reasons why number three, the triple whammy could be the best one out of all of them that we've had. And then Tony and I made a deal that we'll advertise all these guys. And it's gosh, it was about 36 talents from AW and just shows how great our roster is too. Cause this is, you know, guys that weren't even on dynamite, that were still huge names. And on top of that, Dynamite even, or AEW even added a, a dark taping at Universal Studios that, that week. And I remember I called Chris Harrington, who's one of the guys behind the scenes, like, are you trying to give me a heart attack here? Not only do I have to put together a roster that that, that is on, <laughs> you know, not going to be on Dynamite, and now you're doing dark as well. And they like, dude, our, line, our roster is so deep that we can handle this. And you think about it. Dynamite was great that week. The cruise matches were great that week. And the dark matches were great that week, just to show kind of how much we have going for us. And so getting down to the last week, all the names that we had advertised, and like I mentioned, there was a, a, a 30 odd of them. The only ones we had to replace at the end were um, Wardlow and Spears and Lance Archer. That was it, because Tony needed them for the Eliminator Tournament, and Wardlow and Spears were involved with the MJF story. And we got Brian Cage, Isaiah Cassidy, and, and, and Helico in return, which to me, that's great. And those guys did a great job and, and, and just really had just this amazing crew all the way across the board. And some people like the Rock and Roll Express and, and Shug D, Pineapple Pete, Kurt Angle, uh, Striper, Crowbot. I mean, they were booked for Brad Williams, Ryan Niemiller. They were booked for over a year. Think about that. 19 months they were waiting. Kate Quigley, uh, her first show back after a, a, a very serious medical issue that she had, her first show back was the Jericho Cruise. So people had waited that long. And we're super excited to be a part of our uh, of our show, shall we say. And uh, coming up next, I'm going to talk about all the shows that I did and give a report on some of my favorite moments of the cruise. Uh, so we'll be right back right here on Talk is Jericho. All right, welcome back to Talk is Jericho. As we continue talking about the hugely successful Triple Whammy, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. 
And um, so we talked about kind of all the restrictions that you had to get to get on the boat. And the thing is, we were the first cruise on Norwegian to leave out of Miami, which is great because we were the first. But the only thing is, those you know, you got to get a little bit of the of the of the ghosts out of the machine, shall we say? Uh, we were kind of the guinea pigs, I guess. So when we talked about before when the, the vaccination mandate came in, and then they decided that you had to get a test four days before. And then you also had to get another antigen test while you were basically at the port before you were able to get on the uh, the ship. So it caused a little bit of an issue because there were really long waits to get on board get aboard the ship. And for those of you that waited, thank you so much because I know it was hours of waiting. And just so you know, the reason why is we had about 10 of the attendants that were doing the the antigen tests not show up. And that threw everything completely out of whack. Now, I knew this was going to happen because we were the first for the second cruise, which was Coheed and Cambria and then Kiss. People were getting through there in about 45 minutes because they had an army of attendants there to take the tests. Um, They just kind of underestimated it and had those people not show up. And throughout the course of that day where people were waiting, we were uh, trying to figure out what to do. And we finally ended up sending carts of cold beer out to people uh, in line. And it was, it was a kind of, you know, it was, it was rough. And I appreciate everybody that went through that, but just know it was a combination of being first and the fact that these, uh, you know, these, these, these attendants didn't show up. So what we did is we actually had a meeting if you guys are wondering what I was doing uh, while, while some of you were waiting in line uh, and others were on the boat, which was great. But it was actually I had a meeting with the head of Norwegian Cruise Lines and the head of Six Man and myself. And we were talking about just how much of a mess it was and what we could do to fix it. And what we agreed upon was a $100 ship credit to everybody on board the ship. Think about that. And we had probably, I'd say, 17, 1800 people on that ship. So that's 180 grand right there. And it's not the money, but just so people know the links that we went to to try and make people happy. And I said, that's great. Listen, if someone screws up the order in a restaurant and they just take it off the bill, well, that's great. But another thing is when you get that personal apology from the manager. And I said, we're the managers of this. So let's draft a letter and send it to everybody. And I'm not sure if you guys got them in your email or if we actually printed them out and put them under your door, but it was an actual email. It was not uh, some canned response. This is something that we wrote together, just letting everybody know how badly we felt about this happening. We also gave away a picture of, uh, of uh, I think when we when you sail away, shall we say, you sail away and they take a big picture of Fozzie in front of all the all the, uh, the the fans and the guests. So we did that. So that was what we did to try and kind of placate. And here's the best part, though. Once everybody got on board, and the, my favorite part of the whole antigen test was, because what a drag it would be to go through all this stuff and then you pop positive on the antigen test. I remember on, on, on the second wave as we were getting on, somebody had lost their passport and didn't realize it. And they were walking off the boat because they couldn't get on. And I felt so bad for you know one of my guests. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And I, was, I took a picture with her. And I'll never forget just how terrible of a feeling that must be to have to walk away from the boat knowing that you were that close, but you, you forgot your passport or lost your passport. It was just a total drag. But the good news is, from my understanding, and there might be somebody out there that, that can talk about this or or that feels differently or knows differently. But from my knowledge, from my understanding, we had zero 
zero people popping positive on those antigen tests out of the you know 1600 people or 700 people that took the test so that was great to hear so anyways we we usually set sail at about four or five we knew it was going to be later because we had to set up the stage and once again it's the first one had been in the second one none of this would have happened it's not going to happen on the four leaf clover because people will be back in the groove again but it was a whole new crew and all these other things but all excuses aside we ended up leaving at seven i think i think 745 is when fozzy hit the stage and it's always one of the best moments when you disembark and you're and you're sailing away from that port and fozzy begins playing because we kick it off every year it was one of the greatest moments uh, of 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 my year just knowing that we did it we f- did it and we're back on the back on the water and here here we go with the triple whammy and we had brad williams and and uh and orange Cassidy kind of do the initial toast and everybody takes a shot and then off we go into the wild blue yonder into into the great blue seas so um one of the best feelings ever. And boy, I'll tell you what, you can tell how much work that I did to get this cruise up and running. And once again, I'm just giving you guys a little bit of a slice of it. It literally took Mark Willis and myself and Anthony Diaz and six man and all the talent, everybody that played and, and, and played music and wrestled and comedy and paranormal, everything so much time to get this going. So I thank everybody who was behind the scenes that helped make this a go. And I thank everybody who was on board. And I'll tell you what, it was the craziest one of the three, I think, because everyone was so excited and so happy to be out there. And I, I actually made a list. I had, uh, 16 appearances, 15 appearances, four, three, seven, eight, nine, t- 10. Yeah. 14 appearances officially, and then a lot of the things. So here, here's what I did. I had three Fozzie sets, a quarantine set, three live podcasts, one with Kurt Angle, one with um, Women's Evolution with Britt Baker, Medusa, and Jazz, and one with Robert and Michael Sweet of Striper. All three of them were awesome conversations. All three of them you will hear here on Talk is Jericho. Um so much fun. Just just a great time. I hadn't seen Kurt probably in years. I don't know. I think I saw him briefly when he came back to WWE in 2016. But other than that, it had been 15 years or so. So just great conversations all across the board with those guys. Uh, the Stardust, which is the theater that we did the, the Kurt podcast and the women's podcast was packed then we did the robert michael suite in a place called bliss which was a smaller room and that place was packed so it was just good to see i did the one match of orange jericho uh versus uh, will hobbs and ricky starks and i did a run-in the night before to save orange when he was getting beaten down by those guys i did one vip meet and greet where we uh uh uh, kind of presented the uh, triple whammy custom belts, which we only made 30 of them. And that was kind of one of the big VIP events. So if you have one of those, I thank you for joining us on that. Uh, unbelievable. We get these specifically made custom made for the cruise. You will never find another one like this. There's only 30 of them. And there was 30 of the uh, second waves. I'm looking at them both right now and 30 of the triple whammies and uh, very excited to do that. I did a QA and a uh, with those fine folks, which was awesome. I did Family Feud, which was a lot of fun. My team was uh, me and my dad, Brad Williams, Kate Quigley, uh, Spiwi, Dave Spivak, and um, w- one of the uh, uh, one of our guests who, who won. There might have been somebody else 
with us, but I think that was it. And then the other team was uh, Ryan Neemiller, another hilarious comedian uh, who I was with on America's Got Talent. We did a great skit. Uh, Billy Gunn was over on that side. Who else was there? I don't remember. Oh, Kurt Angle. It was Kurt Angle's team. Another guest, Medusa, was on that on that team as well. Um, so it was just a, a really good time. This is the first time we've done Family Feud on the ship. Dumbest thing ever, though. What's the number one thing you do? You don't let a sumo wrestler do in your house. I don't know. Use your bathroom. Use your kitchen. Sleep on your bed. Walk on your floors was the answer. What kind of a stupid answer is that? Uh, then I did two photo sessions with all the people who booked early. And don't forget, if you book early uh, for the uh, for the Jericho Cruise uh, Four Leaf Clover, I'll get you'll get a picture with Le Champion. So I do that with all those people. That was, I think, probably 1,100 people total, two sessions of that, which is great. I did one promo piece for the Four Leaf Clover, which we'll be releasing soon. We did one third-timer photo which I think was a little bit disorganized. It'll be better for next year, I promise. Once again, we're doing a lot of these things for the first time, and sometimes uh, the communication, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. So anyways, we had a third-timer photo, which was great. And then I also appeared with Striper, singing Breaking the Law, Paradise Kitty. I did uh, Rocket Queen with them, and Sweet Child of Mine, Paradise Kitty, of course, was our female cover band i like having one uh, a female cover band every year i'd shoot the thrill which was the female acdc cover band on cruise one cruise two was the killer queens which is the female queen cover band and cruise three was paradise kitty which was the uh third i got a great one for the four leaf clover and i also sang with rubik's q we did don't stop believing we did you shook me all night long we did panama with michael sweet i got a lot of time singing with michael sweet which was great so all of that stuff was so much fun and we always have a great time with fozzy when we put together the second set on the cruise is always our covers and classics set and that's of course playing cover songs and songs that we usually don't do um which was also very cool I'll actually read out the covers set to you it was the funny thing was too is we had this rampway which we haven't had before that that led from the stage to the ring and I felt like the Stones Rich and I if you saw my Instagram we ran down the ramp I felt like Mick and Keith on those big ramps in the stadiums that they have uh, but for our cruise our cover set we did Tom Sawyer Hungry Like the Wolf I Love Rock and Roll Whole Lot of Rosie You Really Got Me Metal Health Working for the Weekend and then Wolves at Bay from the Judas Record To Kill a Stranger from Happenstance Relax. Uh, by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, which we announced is going to be on the new Fozzie record, just so you know. Enemy, of course, from All That Remains. And then we did Eat the Rich from the first Fozzie record. So that was a fun set. Working for the weekend was awesome. And then Quarantine, which, of course, is my 80s non-makeup Kiss cover band. It was so much fun doing that. Super hard, though. 12 songs that we never... We rehearsed for about four hours on Wednesday before the cruise. We left on Thursday. But that was fun to bang that out. That was a big success. The match was a lot of fun. It was really cool doing the match with Ricky and Will, who we have not worked with. Rain started coming, so we kind of called it on the fly to change up some of the stuff. Uh, And at the end of it, I had... had, uh, Will Ospreay and Danhausen come out and make the save because after the match was done, uh, we beat uh, Hobbs and Starks, and then the Chaos Project came down. They started beating us up, and then Danhausen and Will Ospreay came down. They 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 cleared the ring, and then Danhausen. Uh, we started playing tequila, and Danhausen did the tequila dance as we handed out shots of tequila. Ba bam bam ba bam 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 bam. And then tequila and we all 
gave uh, tequila, hey, and drank a tequila shot. And that was actually Orange Cassidy's idea. My idea was to have Danhausen come down and dance to tequila. And Orange came up with the idea of all of us doing a shot as well. So very cool stuff. Once again, leading this interaction, which I keep mentioning was off the charts. Marco Stunt's concert was jam-packed. Uh, he had Frankie Kazarian playing bass with him. Frankie was the bass slut. Uh, he played with Rubik's Cube, and he played with uh, with uh, uh, Paradise Kitty. He played with Marco Stunt. But it was great to see Marco do this concert, which was huge. Uh, we had Nick Nemeth do stand-up comedy. Colt Cabana and Nick played Mad Libs with the Gun Club with Austin and Colton and Billy Gunn. Uh, of course, we mentioned Osprey's... Uh, parties every night, conga lines, pool parties. We had Red Cup Jeff, Orange Cassidy, and Chucky Taylor host uh, the Drunken Spelling Bee, which was great. We had the Rock and Roll Express hosting Bingo, and Ricky Morton had the great line of uh, world champion multiple times, Hall of Famer in the NWA, Hall of Famer in WWF, and now we're hosting Bingo in the Jericho Cruise. <laughs> there you go. Awesome to have those guys there. Just total uh, comics all across the board. Shug D, Pineapple Pete had a DJ set. Um, great comedy with Brad Williams, who was telling great jokes. Uh, he, one of his best jokes was, was we do all of our comedy uh, from a wrestling ring that's in one of the theaters. And Brad came and said, I can't believe I'm in a wrestling ring with no training and no experience. Now I know how the how Austin and Colton Gunn feel. <laughs> Done much better, of course. But Brad Williams, Kate Quigley, and Ryan Neemiller just did some great comedy as well. So it was really cool to have all of this interaction going on uh, throughout the ship and just seeing everybody just having a great time. And Kurt Angle eating at the uh, buffet every day and hanging out with all the fans and, you know, just everybody just having a great time. And, and it was really cool to see Anna Jay, Britt Baker, uh, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel watching Fozzie every night wearing matching Fozzie shirts, which was great to see. That was a lot of fun. So it was just, I, I think just the interaction with everybody just made things um that much more special, you know, and everything ran totally on time. The weather was great. The vibe was great. I mean, every night with Paradise Kitty or Rubik's Cube just ending out the, 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 the show with people singing. Striper killed it. A lot of people had never even seen Striper before. I heard of Striper. One of the best live bands you'll see. Crowbot did a great job. Just everybody that we had. It was just Fozzie. We packed it every night and had a lot of fun. And Rich Ward will tell you it's his favorite time of year. So once again, it, it almost seemed like a dream when it was done. And you can see the clips online and, and, you know, just hashtag Jericho Cruise. And you'll see so many people just excited to be back out there. Uh, the costumes are great. We have costume nights. Um, the first night was old school wrestler, or old school musician. I wore a Sean Cassidy shirt, which is going way back to the 70s. And then I also wore an Outback Jack shirt, which not a lot of people know. What? You guys don't know Outback Jack? He was a, a guy in the 80s that was in WWF for about six months that had a crocodile Dundee gimmick, and he used to come to the ring with, Tommy Kangaroo down, sport, Tommy Kangaroo down, which was absolutely cockulous. Uh, and then I had my Eddie Van Halen uh, outfit on uh, for one of the nights with, of course, my red, white, and black stripe Frankenstein pants. I, I wore an amazing Paul Stanley uh 80s fluorescent pink cloak for quarantine and then i also had uh, what was my other costume that i wore there's another good one that i had i guess when i dressed up as orange cassidy 
There you go. Orange Jericho. We had these great shirts, too. They're only available in the cruise. We sold them out right away. Orange Jericho. Black and white. Uh, just like Orange Cassidy shirt. But then it was uh, with me, with the Jericho side of it. Anyways, great time. Uh, when I got off the boat, like I said, it felt like a dream. I couldn't believe that it was over and went by so fast. And it feels okay, though, because once again, in just five months, less than five months, we're going back out again for the fourth leaf clover. So when we come back in the final segment of the show, we'll talk all about the four leaf clover and uh, what we have planned for that cruise right here on Talk to Jericho. All right. So after the huge success of the triple whammy and just kind of think the everybody being happy to be back out on the cruise and healthy and safe and we basically received zero reports of any issues nor would there be after all the protocols we took and now we're continuing that with the four leaf clover march 14th to the 18th leaving from miami to uh, nassau which is where we went in year one and year two and like i said i think uh some people i know dave Meltzer from wrestling observer was like why are they going out again so soon and the reason for that is we want to get back on to the uh, uh, schedule of being in the spring. And I think there's a great vibe about it. Um, I know it's a little bit like, oh my gosh, it's so quickly, but I think that it's not the time frame; it's the vibe and the party and the fact of just how much fun people know they're going to have on the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. And one of the cool things that I've heard from a lot of different people uh, is that not just fans, uh, but also people that, when I say fans, I mean guests, all you guys that come on, on board the cruise, um, also from people that work for six men in Norwegian say that the, that the rager is one of the, the, the best cruises or the best cruise that they go on. There's, there's employees that, uh, ask to be booked on the Jericho cruise from six man, which is of course a huge compliment to all of us and all of you for having so much fun and rager. I don't guess familiar with that rager means a party in, in Canada and Winnipeg because someone's having a rager or a shaker. Uh, which is where the rock and wrestling rager comes from. So we are already in the midst of putting together the lineup for this year. And it's a really hard thing to do because there's so many great people out there and there's so many people that want to come back again, but you also want to keep it. I don't mind having kind of like a, like a Quentin Tarantino, shall we say, uh, you know, cast of characters that come back every year, you know, the, the red cup Jeffs and obviously my dad will be there and that sort of thing. I love the Vaudettes featuring Shaw Guerrero. We got to do more with Shaw and the Vaudettes who's our dance troupe that's on board. Uh, and Dave Schrader just does just a tremendous job with the paranormal uh, activity reports. I mean, I'd never actually seen Dave's show before I went up this year. And Perry Richardson from Stripe was there. He's a huge fan of Dave and kind of watch Dave, how he does his show. And it's really well done. Once again, the place was packed. He's got a great fan base. So I, once again, I'm building my own cast of characters here that you really can't see anywhere else uh, or any on any other cruise, at least. So um, and how do you do it? How do you put together the lineup? Well, guest of honor. I got to go through who are the biggest names out there that are available i want them to be former world champions and if you look at the past ray mysterio on the first one guest of honor rick flair on on the uh, uh i keep you want to say double whammy on the second wave and then of course kurt angle 
for the uh, triple whammy. So who do I have in mind for the four leaf Glover? It's a huge one, literally guys, huge. Um, and then always the guest cruise director. Who do I want for that? And I have a great one. I think, uh, she's going to sign up very soon and that's going to be cool. The guest hosts are just completely insane. will be perfect for this cruise. Just great guys, great partiers, uh, great wrestlers. So then, you know, then you go through the legends. Who's the hall of famers that I'm going to get. And sometimes I have an idea in mind of like, I remember last one, I wanted to do kind of an ECW podcast. And I wanted to get Shane Douglas and Tommy Dreamer and uh, Bully Ray on. None of them were able to come on board, but I have an idea for this year of doing something. And I have all three of the guys confirmed. Um, so you kind of go through who's available, who who has podcasts that they might want to do, who has other gimmicks that they might want to do. I, just, I, I bring somebody on. What can I do with them? That's more than just being on the ship. It's great signing autographs and taking pictures, but I like having everybody involved with some kind of activity and we can do that. You could host bingo, like I said, or, or be on family feud, but if there's some kind of a talent that a certain person has, I'll put, I'll activate that and have them involved too. So always try and keep it multi-promotional. If you look at this year, uh, you know, Kurt Angle is basically WWE alumni. I had all the AW guys. I had cheeseburger, uh, the world famous CB from ring of honor. I had uh, Will Ospreay from New Japan. I had Danhausen from Ring of Honor. I had Jazz from the NWA. I try and keep it multi-promotional as much as I possibly can because that was always the gimmick of the cruise. It's a big celebration of everything. And then, of course, the bands. Who do I get? I really liked having Striper this year, kind of a really big band from the 80s. But this is not an 80s cruise. Have some 90s influence. Have a lot of new bands on as well. Uh, some great cover bands. Got my female cover band that I have to have. So I've got that all. All kind of combined and worked out and then of course the comedians i mean it's hard to beat the brad williams kate quigley and ryan Neemiller, uh you know combined with ryan nemeth and cole cabana and you know so i have to try and keep all of these names rolling keep all this plate spinning and then of course too who can i afford I mean, I thought Alice Cooper would be great for the cruise, but I don't have 300 grand to pay Alice Cooper. And I'm not saying that's uh, too expensive. That's Alice freaking Cooper. So, you know, I have to kind of find bands that A, can fit within the budget. And also, too, a lot of bands will do it just for, uh, not just bands, a lot of talent will do it to be involved. I mean, Jerry Lawler, the first year, just wanted to be on a cruise. You know, uh, he said, you don't even have to pay me. I did pay him, but he said, I just want to be on the cruise. And I was like, that's what we kind of want. I've got a couple of people that have already asked to be on the cruise of huge names of even or greater value than Jerry Lawler who want to come on, on board as well. So you keep that in mind. Um, some guys like Fluffy, when Gabriel Iglesias had host, uh, uh, hosted the second cruise, the um, the uh, second wave, <laughs> have a real problem with that. He did it for like nothing. He wouldn't even get out of bed for, for, for the rate I paid him. And his man, management was like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't care. I work my ass off all year long. I don't care about paying payment. I want to go hang out with my friends and be a part of this cruise. And that's what we like. We want people uh, on the Jericho cruise who really want to be there. I like when people reach out and ask me to be involved. So there are so many Hall of Fame wrestlers out there. And there's so many great wrestlers in the ring. There's so many great wrestlers in AEW. Um, like I mentioned, ne the next trip again, Dynamite happens right in the middle of, of when we're on the sea. It doesn't matter. We're going to have a great lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got a lot of great surprises, a few returns. But the most important thing that I can promise everybody is it's just going to be an absolute amazing time, which if you've been on one, two, or three, you know I'm telling the truth. If you haven't, you must have heard about it by now. I always do this cruise, even if you're not a wrestling fan. If you're just a fan of having a good time, and who isn't? 
uh, the four leaf clover is for you between the wrestling and the bands and the comedians and the paranormal and just the overall vibe, all the games and shows and all the stuff that we do. Uh, this is the best cruise on the water. Um, and I'm not even just saying that because I believe it. Of course I believe it, but so does everybody else that I've talked to. So go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com now, sign up for the uh, presale list. Uh, I believe we're going on sale. I'm not sure exactly when we're going on sale to the public, but if you want to get your cabin now, sign up now and you'll get a booking time and you can come on board. I want to try and have this thing, you know, half sold, three quarters sold before we even release a lineup. And that's the idea. So, but trust me when I say this lineup is maybe our best one yet. It's going to be just a nonstop party. And that's what it's all about, man. So um, everybody who's been on uh, the cruises, I really appreciate it. And sometimes I just lean back and go, you know, it's pretty cool, man. How many people have their own freaking cruise? Like Kiss, well, that's four guys. Kid Rock and me. And Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> Chris Jericho, Melissa Etheridge, and Kid Rock. Maybe Pitbull. There you go. So there's not a lot of uh, of people that have their own cruises, and I appreciate that. I don't take it for granted. I thank you for believing in me. Trust me, the first cruise, I had no idea what I was doing. I was terrified. What if nobody wants to go? What if this doesn't work? It did work, and here we are now about ready to do uh, number four, the four-leaf clover, a mere five months after the triple whammy. But, hell, go hard or go home, right? I believe in all you guys. I believe in what we've created here as the vacation of a lifetime. And that's basically it. So go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com, sign up for the pre, uh, pre-sale link. And um, if you haven't been, trust me, it's something you want to experience. If you have been, tell the people who haven't been that this is definitely the place to be. So uh, Le Champion here. Uh, and one last thing I was going to say, too. We always really work hard in giving people gifts and presents every time. So obviously, we give you, uh, like I mentioned, the photo, the sail away photo uh, with Fozzie and everybody gathered around, which was really cool this year because it was dark. Like I said, usually we leave at 4. This year we left at 7.45, so it was dark out. And then um, there was a Chris Jericho bobblehead, which had me dressed up kind of as a captain of the ship, which was hilarious because I'm so like into all of this. I was like, this bobblehead needs better detail. I want the bobblehead to have different colors. So everybody in every cabin got a bobblehead. And when you see them all being made at once, it's like some creepy little, like, you know, uh, Gulliver, Gulliver's travels with the little Pudlians or whatever the hell they're called. Uh, and then the other one was a uh, Chris Jericho, uh, cards, deck of cards, with the triple whammy logo on it. And then there is Chris Jericho, triple whammy dog tags, Another day, and then Chris Jericho, Triple Whammy, Bag Tags, which I didn't even get. I think I forgot those ones or lost them or something. So we'll have to figure out what treats will be in store for you guys next year. But I do know it's in store. Everybody that comes is just going to be a great rock and roll party. And once again, thanks for listening. I had a great time kind of going through all of my memories. And if you have to ask me, because I always do this on my show, what's your favorite moment of the cruise? For me, it was the sail away, playing sane with Fozzie as we sailed away. Uh, Quarantine was huge. Uh, just once again, this this band that we put together during a pandemic, our first ever gig, if you saw us, that was the first one. So we appreciate that. Uh, I think watching Marco Stunt's um, 
concert was amazing. And just singing live with Michael Sweet, one of my all-time heroes and now one of my best friends. And not even doing Striper songs. We did Panama with Rubik's Cube, with Steve Brown on guitar, BJ Farley and Joey Casada, all of them uh, Talk is Jericho alumni. And uh, it was just a, a really, really, really great time. So looking forward to the next one. We'll see you guys soon. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll rock together March 14th uh, to the 18th, Miami to Nassau on the Norwegian Pearl, Four Leaf Clover. We'll see you then. Oh, yeah. Just getting started with Rich Eisen has stories of humble beginnings and humbling moments from inspiring people. Michael Strahan. I am scared to death, Rich. The Oscars, man. I'm not supposed to be on that red carpet. Aaron Andrews. What is my next question going to be? Because everybody is watching this, and this is going to go viral. Kevin Harlan. I'll let you in on a secret of all the things I do, Rich. It's the most fun, the most fulfilling, most challenging thing that I do. Just getting started with Rich Eisen. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.